Welcome to the Growth Lab. I am Tej Singh, personal growth enthusiast, world traveler, sales professional on a spiritual journey to live my highest expression. This podcast is meant for individuals looking to evolve in all aspects of their lives. I interview leaders and coaches that have a passion to grow beyond the status quo and expand into their highest potential. Let's dive into it as we help you get 1% better with every episode. What's up, everyone? Super excited to announce your guest for episode 24, Dr. Michael Diamond. Michael is the founder of IG Knight The King, a men's group helping men live their missions and become kings in their respective lives. Michael began his professional career as a network spinal analysis chiropractor, also known as NSA or network care, and has been in private practice for over 18 years with multiple locations in California. Over his time taking care of thousands of patients, he became fascinated with the patterns of consciousness that run through the nervous system, and more specifically, how different the masculine and feminine energies show up in each individual. Michael believes that men must do work not only to address and become aware of their patterns, they must acknowledge and embody the new version of masculinity, modeling a new way of being for our children. They must be willing to look at the stuff and choose a new way of being. The world is depending on the kings to rise in their fullness and help humanity live a more positive and fulfilled life. In this episode, we discuss Michael's story to becoming a chiropractor. What is network spinal analysis and how Michael chose to practice in this modality specifically? Why the nervous system is core to us upgrading to a higher level of consciousness? And the compelling reason why Michael started his men's group, IG Knight the King. Personally, I know Michael through going to his practice in California. He's really been an ally in pushing me to become the best version of myself through his work. I'm super excited for you guys to listen in and discover all that Michael has to offer. So let's wait no further and dive right in. Dr. Michael Damond, thank you so much for joining us today for an episode of Growth Lab. So excited to have you. It's an honor. Thank you again for joining us at your newly home in Austin. Thank you. Pleasure to be with you, Tej. I'm excited. Yeah, this is this, lab going. <laughs> this is going to be a really good episode. Um, Doctor Doctor Diamond and I have known each other for a few years now, and um, you know we'll we'll get into the scope of 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 how we've engaged in the past, but yeah. essentially through his chiropractor work, um, and 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 uh, you know what what he's done there with uh, network spinal analysis, and we'll we'll get we'll get into a little bit of depth of what that means. Uh, but I think a good starting point for us, uh, Michael, is really you know, your story of why you got involved with being, becoming a chiropractor, you know, what, what did that look like? Let's start there. And then we can kind of get into how that sort of manifested itself and how that turned and twisted and, and where you are today. You always got to start at the beginning, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I'm like, where does the start, the story actually start? You know, it's like, it's like when I look back on it, it's like this perfectly crafted novel and every little thing had to happen for that thing to evolve. So I'm always like, man, I could start from my birth and, and it all had to happen that way. In order yeah. to get there. But I'll spare your, your listeners that level of story. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it was interesting because it was at a crossroads of both asking the question of like, 
what is it that I want to do in my life? And then being basically dropped in my lap, uh, uh, an opportunity, really a living situation opportunity that then turned into uh, me discovering chiropractic. So like most people, you know, I graduated college. I, I got a job right out of college. I was, you know, just young and hungry and started working and very quickly realized like this was not <laughs> what I wanted to do. I didn't train for anything specifically in undergrad that said, I'm going to go, you know, business administration or whatever it was. I didn't have a specific, uh, you know, thread I was following. So I was a little lost and took a corporate job, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I had this inspiration. I was living in Florida at the time and, and moved to Atlanta, Georgia. I was going to move with a buddy of mine. And at the last minute he dropped out, he had gotten a job in, in Orlando and basically was like, I'm not going. And I was so hell bent on moving and, and getting out of my current situation that I called the only guy I knew that was in Atlanta. And he happened to be a guy I grew up with that was a uh, he was actually in chiropractic college and I called him up and I said, Hey man, I'm moving. I don't know anyone. I don't I'm, I have this job that I'm going to. And he offered me a place to live in his house. He said one of his uh, roommates was, was graduating and they had a space open in their house and that they lived just outside Atlanta and I could basically live there and commute and, and have community, which, you know, was nice <laughs> considering I didn't know anyone. So I, I received my first chiropractic adjustment uh, that night, the night I got there. So I was, sort of indoctrinated into that world right away. Uh, and, and that wasn't like the moment that I said, oh, my eureka moment, like this is what I'm going to do. It was just cool. Like I'd never really experienced chiropractic before. But as I started, you know, you're, you're the sum of the people you hang around most with, right? So I started hanging around chiropractic students and, you know, they were all, and then the group that I was specifically was hanging out with were the group within chiropractic that were very philosophically based, they would train not only the physical aspects of, of the art of chiropractic, but they were very based in the philosophical parts of chiropractic, which we can get into, which really led to a lot of my studies in, in energetics and network and ultimately the men's work and, and starting to learn about the holistic approach. You know, I hadn't really been exposed to any of that. I, I lived a very sort of normal suburban life growing up. Ironically, my mom for years worked for chiropractors, uh, but we never went in. We weren't like, a, you know, they didn't tell, oh, bring your family in or anything like that. It was a very different style mode of chiropractic. So I didn't really have much exposure to it. And uh, yeah, I, you know, I was working that job I told you about. And at the same time, was just feeling sort of not, no growth there. Just, it was just kind of a job. I was literally back when you worked with paper, not so much on computers, I was literally pushing papers around and it was not fulfilling. And I kept asking the question, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? You know? And, and at the same time, I was getting more and more exposed to this philosophy, this innate intelligence, understanding how the body worked, understanding that we're in connection and communion with the field and with, and I didn't have that verbiage at the time, but just to understand that there's an intelligence beyond what we know that is consistently and all the time coordinating our life experience. And that became fascinating to me. And the fact that you can interact with that through the chiropractic adjustment and help people open up, help people get connected, become more aware, be healthier, all of those things just really became, um, so apparent to me. And then to be in an environment where I was with students, they were literally going to school to then do this. So it almost became a natural fit that uh, I should just do this. And it was funny because I avoided 
every science possible in, in high school and in college, you know, I was in the, you know, geology classes, all the things you can just get away with to not have to do all the real sciences of chemistry and biology and physiology and physics and all that stuff. So I just had this moment where I was like, this is what I want to do. And that started that path. And then I realized I had to learn and take all those classes, just to even get into the program. And, you know, once you, once I crossed over that threshold, then it was like, okay, whatever it is I got to do, I got to do. And, and I started learning it. And uh, yeah, I, and I was fortunate. I know you want to talk about network as well. I was fortunate enough to be exposed to network by a student at the very beginning of when I was learning about chiropractic. So to me, they were synonymous. It wasn't like this thing I learned later. So mm. I started seeing a network practitioner in Atlanta and he was, was Alan Katz, Dr. Alan Katz. And he was like an old school network guy. He had this building where he practiced in his basement and there were like 10 people at a time in his office. And you'd be on the table for like two to three hours and you just come out like completely <laughs> different person. I mean, that, that's a whole other story, but yeah, I just, uh, I just got so, uh, enamored I guess by all of it and so it felt like I finally had something I can sink my teeth into mm -hmm. and then once I went down that rabbit hole it's like I just I, I'm still in it I think <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah I mean so that was the that was the that was the initial start of all of it and now here I am literally like 18 years later uh, and I haven't looked back yeah yeah thanks for sharing that Michael I actually didn't know about the foundation of you actually being involved in in network here right from the beginning right I, yeah I, I assumed as you know you would have had your traditional chiropractic uh practice and then and then yeah. you got involved so that that's interesting I didn't know that so for 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 listeners that are that are listening to this for the first time I've heard some of the terms that you've used and like you said the verbiage came later you know, about, you know, network care and also the field. Let's start with, you know, since you had started from the beginning, right? And you mentioned the philosophy piece and the chiropractic piece. Yeah. I'm assuming, you know, you can't really just learn this in a traditional chiropractic school, right? And and the folks that you were involved with, they were kind of in parallel, they had this, the philosophy, and then they were going to chiropractic school, and then kind of bringing it together. Sure. Um, so, so explain the two and how they come together and how you how, what network really is. Yeah. Uh, I, and I think this is probably true in a lot of professions, you know, you have such a wide range of ways to do that profession, right? Whether sure. it's law or being a doctor or any other profession, right? So within chiropractic is, is the same in that way. You have people that are very philosophically based that are traditionalists or to an extreme, you can call them fundamentalists, right? You know, it's like, it has to be this way. And then you have the people that uh, maybe were more uh, medically minded, right? And they wanted that DR in front of their name so bad. So they became a chiropractor, but they didn't really want to practice it in the way that it used to be practiced. Uh, so I saw network really being like what I call, and it's like through my men's work, like the sacred third of that, like, because and like we see in our culture now, everything becomes so polarized. Like I have to be this or I have to be this. And I'm like, well, I'm not really either one of those. Mm -hmm. So there's like this sacred third. And that's when I discovered, well, not when, but in the process of, of learning and discovering network care, I found a, a system and a, and a man, mentor, Donnie Epstein, where he basically took what was ancient and made it modern. Right. He took the philosophies of chiropractic, which, you know, were 1895 was when chiropractic was discovered. Right. So he took these really fundamental core philosophies of how we view the body and the nervous system and the men that were 
developing chiropractic at the time were way ahead of their time in their descriptions. And again, they didn't have the language for the things we know now. And then now here you have this guy, Donnie Epstein, that creates this system and this model to take those philosophies, but bring them into a modern day context, to bring them into a, uh, an approach and an actual system that weaves in what we know now about the nervous system. Because all the, a lot of the techniques that were developed in chiropractic were, are you know, 80, 100, 120 years old at this point. So there's a lot more we know about how we interact with the nervous system, how we interact with the field around us, how, we, how our physiology works, right? Things evolve and grow. So I felt like this was one person and one system that actually allowed change to happen in the philosophy. And that's where I felt there was a lot of stuckness too, where in some of those techniques you learned, in, we learned in school, it was like, well, this, this is how they did it. And this is, this is how we do it. And there's no change to that. And it, that felt stifling to me. And, and, and that's where I saw people would dig their heels in. Well, if you're not doing it exactly this way, then, then you're not doing chiropractic or you're not doing, you know, the right kind of chiropractic or whatever. And I tried not to get too involved in those polarities and those infighting, so to speak. And I just followed the thread of like, well, this has had the most impact in my own being, my own body, my own experience. And, uh, and, and he was willing to allow the work to change as he was learning about it. And he's probably invested more than any other chiropractor in his own research and his own growth of, uh, of his work. And he had the humbleness and he wasn't always so humble. However, he had the humbleness to let the work evolve and change based on the science that, uh, he was getting back with all the research he was doing. And I really appreciated that. And it was frustrating as a practitioner sometimes, because as we were learning it, you would go to the next seminar and then things would change. And it was like, I was just starting to understand <laughs> the last thing you taught, you know, but he was like, Hey, but this is what the research is showing us. So we need to evolve it. Uh, and I always appreciated that. And I think, you know, and I think with respect to what you're doing as well, it's like, we always have to be asking the question, like, there's more what's next. How can I grow with this? What's the next level of how we can can integrate this and make it better and more efficient for people? Um, and I, I'm trying to think if that was the actual question you asked me. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think was, I, th I think you're 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 kind of talking of the holistic point, which was important, right? Like, where did this whole thing come about? And as yeah. you mentioned, Donnie Epstein took you know some of these fundamental traditional methods that we had and then combined them and and evolved yeah. them to today right and what's really needed uh, in 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 the world today right it's this is this practice so now and and you know I'll I'll just kind of give a shout out to you Michael uh, Michael was the first time I've ever uh, gotten a, a cure uh, uh, session, right? It was it was part of a, a mastermind group, and I've I've brought them up a few times in the previous episodes. Epic Impact at the time, Abundant Now, and and Michael came in and did a session on all of us, and it was an amazing experience. Hard to explain, you know, but uh, <laughs> but an amazing experience. That's why I have the expert here to explain to us, you know, what what, what actually happened. So perhaps if somebody's, you know, you piqued someone's interest, they're like, yeah. okay, what is this network care thing? You know, what does it look like for an individual if somebody goes in and they lay on a table, you know, what is actually happening and, and kind of practically like what, what, what kind of takes place on the table? Yeah. Yeah. The simplest way I can describe it, you know, and it's funny being in practice for, for so long. And it's the question I would get all the time. It's like, cause what we do looks weird. It looks different. It's not, you know, what we traditionally think of as chiropractic. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's like a software upgrade to your nervous system. Uh, classically with chiropractic, we think of bones and bones on nerves and, and more from a structural standpoint, you know, the reality is we can't take your spine out and put a new one in, 
right? So, however, the information and energy that's running within the nervous system through the spine and brain, uh, you can upgrade. You know, just like we all have these phones and we have to upgrade our applications to stay current so they'll work. Well, you got to update your own nervous system so stay current. You know, the average person today experiences more stress in a month than our grandparents' generation did in their lifetime. Wow. And that's Johns Hopkins research. That's not just like some fact I'm pulling out of the air. And, and the first time I heard that, I, I, I still to this day have a hard time even believing that or conceptualizing that how much stress. But you think about how much data we're intaking all the time, how many different, I mean, regardless of this whole pandemic and lockdown, the amount of stress that that's put on so many people, that's a whole nother story. Mm -hmm. But even before all that, just the fast paced nature of life and how access to information and just how much data we're processing. So it's like a data processor, right? Our grandparents' generation, things were slower. You wanted to communicate with someone by, you do it by mail and you'd write a letter and you'd sit down and you'd send it off and it would take a week for them to get it and they'd have to read it and process it and write a letter back and send it back to you. And it might be two weeks or a month before you even had a response. Now, if someone doesn't text you back within 30 seconds, they think you're ghosting them, right? So <laughs> we're, we're processing so much more data these days. So you have to have a system that can actually keep up with that processing. Like if you had an iPhone three right now, people would look at you like you had three heads, right? Yeah. So you, and, and, but yet an iPhone three, 10 years ago was the hippest thing there was. So we need a nervous system because our nervous system is the part of us that interfaces from the inside world to the outside world. That is your master computer. It is what transmits, transduces, all of the energy and information that you take in both externally and internally, and then produces a response. If that system is old, stressed out, traumatized, not working correctly, just like a computer system, garbage in, garbage out. It's like your nervous system can be trying to tell your brain, hey, produce chemical A or chemical B, but if all it hears is, it's, it's not gonna know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to try to do the best it can. I mean, the, the human body is amazing at adapting, but over time that will lead to breakdown and you'll be so off course. Like you may have a rudder of a ship that only moves one degree, but you keep that one degree off, you'll end up in a totally different continent, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to continually modulate and continually attune the nervous system to stay current with what's going on. So through the application of network and working with the nervous system, through these little touch points along the spine, we're actually literally, just like you would touch screen a, an iPad or your phone, it's like you can literally, it's like the old school typewriter, you had to like, bam, 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 right? <laughs> and that's like the old style chiropractic. But now we have touch screens, right? Where it's like, you barely touch it and you get a whole different screen pop up. And that's how the nervous system works. We've learned, we've evolved with it to know that like the nervous system is dynamic in the sense that it's super sensitive. It's super durable. I mean, people have endured, I mean, we don't even have to get into the traumas and, and physical things that people can endure and still survive. And at the same time, that the paradox is that we're so influenced by such little things, little touches, the slight movements, you know, a, a woman whispering in your ear and your whole physiology will change, right? So it doesn't take much. So we just found the right place at the right time with the right amount of force to put a touch there that signals to the brain to say, hey, pay attention. And that's the big difference I found with network and working with people in, in men's work and everything. It's like, instead of trying to fight the old and find what's not working and try to make it better, although we'll, you'll change in that way, requires a lot of effort and energy. 
But if you can find what's already working well or where the system is still connected and wired appropriately and amplify that, then that becomes energy rich. And energy rich by definition means not only is there enough energy to sustain the system, but there's more energy to go into the places that need to reorganize. Hmm. So it was a totally different approach. It really flipped all of what I was learning at the time on its head and be like, oh, well, that seems a lot easier. Like why fight what's not working? Let's just amplify what is working. And then the system magically makes changes and upgrades. And then to have an actual uh, application and a system. See, I'm not an intuitive guy. I'm not one of these like Reiki guys that can like put my hands on and like <laughs> transmute energy and all that. Like I grew up as a suburban Jewish kid in New York. Like that was not my, my deal, right? Like, so to have something that was like a system where I could follow the system and then ultimately, right, working with thousands. I think we calculated at, when we closed our practice, we had done close to 80,000 entrainment sessions. So wow. after a while, you start to become more intuitive and yeah. palpation skills and all that. So the bottom line is that, you know, we, you can interface with this system and you can upgrade it. And then the results of that upgrade are, are really magical because A plus B does not equal C in those situations. It's really uh, the sum is greater than the parts and there's a synergy that happens. And a lot of that is between the practitioner and the patient we call practice members. So it's, there's an interaction. And that's, I think, what we're getting into when we talk about the field. There's, there's a field between people. There's, there's an energetic. That's why like when we work with you and we worked at, at that event, you know, there was... I don't know, 50, 60, 70 people there. And, and we had all those tables. So like that creates a field within itself, right? So it made, honestly, my job easier because once you have the system, the bigger system vibrating and happening and up-leveling, then what can happen as a result of that, you know, you have a little intervention that, that can really spread across a larger, larger space. And uh, that became just so fascinating to me. Uh, yeah. it, didn't, it doesn't need to be one-to-one, -one, right? It can be one-to-many. Absolutely. Yeah, that, it's so fascinating. And I was, I was, my mind was blown, Michael, when, when this whole thing opened up and, you know, I started doing the uh, sessions with you and I started coming, you know, tried to come as, 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 um, sure. uh, as soon as possible or as, as, as close as possible, but I had to drive like an hour and a half to see Michael because he lived so far from me. So I used you, to were only, you were one of the few people I ever like saw one-on-one -on -one at my house, by the way. Yeah. Thank you for that. That was probably, so the session, uh, uh, one of the sessions that we did at Michael's house was probably the, the, I still remember that session because it was the the best session I've had um, to date. And and you know I can attest to what net network care is, right? And what uh, Michael is saying because I've experienced it. And a lot of times when you're hearing this for the first time, it's hard to comprehend it, and you sure. want to brush it off because you don't understand it. And you know, <laughs> you know what is this thing he's talking about? But once you experience what network care can can do, you you start to understand what Michael is explaining about the nervous system being stressed out and you go in and do a session and after the session you're like oh this is how it feels when my nervous system is relaxed yeah. this is how i can interact with the world when i'm in a place of not being in the fight or flight you know i'm just kind of interacting with the world from a very calm and relaxed place within my body and i'm i can handle a lot more right so it comes through a lot of experience now just really quickly, Michaels, to the people that don't know much about energetics and, you know, as you're talking through this, you're like, oh, this is some woo-woo stuff, right? You know, what do you, what do you say to those people that don't really understand energetics? And when you say, you know, touch points, 
within yeah. within the spine. And this is this is something so new to them, right? That yeah. they don't understand it. So what would you say to those people? Yeah, thank you. Because I, I feel like I have to back up a bit because I've been so in this work for a long time that like I make the assumption at, at this point. I think I maybe only surround myself with the people <laughs> at this point that I don't have to have those conversations. <laughs> Right. Like I'm, I'm beyond the point of trying to wake people up and I'm in the more of the like, we got to step up and do our work now. And that's more of a cultural I think, thing what's happening right now. Um, but to that point, because uh, I had had people many times over the years that would say, oh, well, this is energy work. Like that was the sort of the, the how people would encapsulate it to try to begin understanding. Oh, is this like acupuncture? Is this like Reiki? Is this like this? You know, and the, the, the simple answer is this. Everything is energy. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Everything in the universe is energy, which is what form is it taking? So in that sense, of course, yeah, it's energy work. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's what it is. Uh, so the reality is we have to understand that we have to understand our physiology is the simplest way to put it. And there is an intelligence that is continually running, maintaining and modulating our, our body. And it is our innate intelligence. And you can call that energy. You can call that chi. You can call that lots of things because otherwise you're just a meat skeleton, right? <laughs> just a bunch of, you know, bones and tissue, but there's a life force, right? There's an energetic that is running through the system that is keeping you alive. I mean, what's the difference between something that is living and, and something that is dead? There's the same tissue there, mm-hmm. right? The tissue hasn't changed, but there's an energy that's flowing through the system. So, you know, we work with energy all the time, right? You flip on a light switch and the light goes on. You dial someone up on your cell phone and you're talking to them, right? So they're embedded in everything that we do. There's an energy. So I've devoted, you know, the last 20 years of my life of studying how energy works and, and how, to, how to work with energy in this way. And again, I always try to bring it to the most simplest terms. Our body is either existing in one of two states at all times. I mean, this is biochemistry. You're either in a well-fed state or you're in a starvation state. You're either in a rest and digest mode or you're in a fight or flight mode. And I think everyone out there probably understands or has heard at least the fight or flight right? The stress response in the body. And the reality is, is that we're not meant to be in that stress response all the time. We're actually meant to be in that well-fed state, that rest and digest mode, that sort of wellness mode spiked with moments of fight or flight when you're literally, your life is being threatened. That classic example of the saber-toothed tiger running after you, right? And what happens after that? You get away from that offending energy and then your system resets because that's how we're designed. What's happened in our modern culture in the last 50 to 60 years is that that's flipped now where we're existing more in this chronic low-level fight-or-flight stress state most of the time with some moments of ease and rest and digest. And our systems just were not designed for that. And that's why we're seeing so many chronic illnesses and so many chronic problems is because it's breaking our system down. So things like chiropractic network care, any other healing modality, you know, at minimum, at minimum is designed to keep you in a homeostatic state to keep you thriving and at least surviving. Right. But there's no growth in that. And that's where I found the limiting thing of most modalities is meant to get you from a pain state to a neutral state, from a 10 out of 10 pain to a zero out of 10 pain. And if you got even anywhere close to zero out of zero, that was like success, 
right? Most interventions are like, hey, if we reduce your ailment in half, then that's really good. And that's where like Donnie Epstein and network started asking the question, well, what's beyond zero? What does it look like to actually assess someone's wellness? What does it look like when you're actually thriving? And I think we take some of those concepts for granted now because it's so ubiquitous in the culture. Sure. But you know, even 10, 20 years ago, that, that wasn't the case, right? So now we have measurements for that. We have ways to assess how well we're doing. Mm-hmm. And it requires more access to energy. Yeah. And here's and- the thing about energy. Energy doesn't get created or destroyed. It gets transformed from one form to another. I mean, that's the second law of thermodynamics, right? So it's not like, oh, I need to create more energy. No, 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 no. The energy is already there. It's like, can you access it or not? So you, in, in network, we create a nervous system that's pliable and flexible where it can access the energy that's already available whether that energy is bound in the system, in your body, or it's the unbound, which is the field. And we have to acknowledge and recognize that there is a field of energy around us. We as individuals are electromagnetic beings. Our field goes out four, six feet beyond our body. Kind of interesting, they're keeping everyone six feet from each other because that's the distance of the heart field. So we're not (laughs) having people's heart field interact anymore. That's a whole other conversation. However, we have to recognize, it's like, if you don't acknowledge that there's actually an energy in and around you, like that's where you got to start because there is, and you can interact with it. And when you do, the access you have is incredible. Uh, so I would suggest to people that are new to this is first just know that there is an energy that exists in and around you. It is constantly sustaining to you. It's life-giving all of the time. And if things in your life and your body are breaking down, there's some kind of interference to the transmission of that energy mm-hmm. and start by getting yourself more aligned. Absolutely. And, you know, the first time I um, heard about this or started to go deeper into this, I was like, this makes so much sense. Why has nobody taught me this? Right. It's like when you when you really sit down and think about what you just stated, Michael, about energetics and how there's an energy within you, because if that was in there, you know, you just be flesh, right? Like when you think about that, it's like, oh yeah, that that makes complete sense. (laughs) And then you start to say, okay, then there's a whole energetics and a whole whole energetic world that you can interact with, right? And it's like, give yourself the, uh, the grace to actually tap into this stuff because there's so much there for you to explore. Um, And what I would say on, on, on this track is this modality has, has changed my life in many ways. You know, Mm -hmm. it's been the sort of the uh, underlying theme that's kept me going when I've Kind of come into states where I felt stagnant, and this would be yeah. the thing that would push me to the to the next level, right? So, it's it's readily uh, easy to find in any city that you're in. So that that also was surprising to me how yeah. how many network, how many practitioners are out there. That was surprising. So if you live in any any sort of major city, if you just yeah. type in network care practitioner your city, you will find one. And, and, you know, as I say in my, in my episodes is if you can take one thing away, you know, this will be a successful podcast. So if you take one thing away, yeah. go to a network care practitioner and, <laughs> and, and try this modality because you will be, you will be grateful that you did yeah. because. And it, give it a few sessions. Sometimes the first session is not the, the Eureka kind of moment, you know, it, yeah. it's, you are learning strategies. That's, that's the other important thing to bring in is it's not like 
for example, in a more traditional chiropractic adjustment, you know, you hear the pop and the sound and that audible, you know, noise and you're like, oh, something happened, right? Yeah. Uh, where, you know, a network, you get off the table sometimes, you're like, did you even touch me? You know, what I mean? yeah. <laughs> you can barely feel it. I mean, it's, you know, and I tell you, you may not feel anything at all. That doesn't mean things aren't happening. And that's where I love having a system because we have checks in place to see, did the nervous system make an upgrade? Yeah. Because yeah. the first uh, objective and first strategy someone learns in care is awareness, is bodily and self-awareness. So yeah. if you're not aware of what's going on, that tells us as a practitioner too, like, whoa, there's a big disconnect going on between the brain and the body here. Yeah. So, And some people on the other end of the spectrum feel a lot right away. So I would say if you are going to seek it out, just like anything, give it its due, you know, follow the advice and, and direction of the practitioner that we all... Most people have been trained at a high level and know what they're doing. And there's a reason for why, why, how we do what we do for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. And you, you explained it beautifully, you know, when, when you were talking about the software upgrade, you know, when you're going from an iPhone three to an iPhone 12 kind of a scenario. Yeah. We're at the top. <laughs> and, and just, just in that, just in that scenario, you know, it's, if you're going from such an old system, it's going to take time to upgrade to the latest version. Right. Yeah. You can't just jump from, you know, a three to a two. You can monetarily, right. but in the sense of four had to come, five had to come, six had to come yeah. in the same way. Um, you know, I would say your, your, your body has learned strategies over a long period of time yeah. that it has to unlearn. And, well, and here's the cool thing about that. Yes. And right. There yeah. is a linear progression, right? Yeah. Like you can't get to an iPhone 12 if, if, you know, four through 11 hadn't been developed. Yeah. However, now that 12 is out there, you as someone who has never had a phone before could go out and buy an iPhone 12 as your first phone, right? Yeah. So part of the work is that people have been receiving this kind of care for, you know, almost 40 years now. So in the field, this work exists. So it's just like standing on the shoulders of the generation before you, you don't have to start from the rudimentary beginnings. You can see exponential upgrades in the nervous system you don't have to go through every step along the way now because already it's already embedded in the field mm -hmm. right if something took you 10 years to uh like let's say you had a trauma in your body and you held on to it for 10 years it's not going to take 10 years for that to resolve it could happen in a session it could happen in three six months of care because that's already out there and that, and then it's just bound energy. So when you, you liberate that bound energy, and then when it interacts with the unbound energy, again, the results can seem magical because people are like, how did that happen? You just barely touched me in my, you know, my whole, you know, that healed and this relationship healed and, and, and all these things happen. And, and they're like, but you just barely did this. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, again, right place, right time with the right amount of force can make a huge upgrade. And when you talked about, you know, wow, when you explain that, it sounded so simple. That was, was my experience with network when I started learning from, and I, I was, I'm very fortunate in that when I came up in chiropractic and network, I was able to learn directly from, from Donnie Epstein, which you really can't do anymore. Uh, so, you know, the guy that created all of it, I, I mean, his, signature is literally on my marriage certificate, you know, like we've, we've, we've had a very close relationship, which has been really beautiful. Uh, but when I heard him speak and talk about this kind of thing, he explained it in such a simple way that I was like, how does everyone not know this? Mm -hmm. Why is this not like being 
taught to every single person in the world because it's so simple. Uh, so yeah, to your point, it's, it's, uh, we're taking what's old and making it new again, really. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, in the same way that you would think about your physical health, right. It's, it's almost thinking about your energetic health, thinking about your nervous system and, 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 you know, tapping into that a little bit more. And, and, and I hope a day comes when we see it that way. You know, we, yeah. we think about taking care of our energetics as much. And that as has to can. happen first, honestly. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the flip I've made when we talk about field and we talk about uh, the etheric and and you know all of that. It's like yeah. what I've learned is if we focus on that first, yeah. the physical is just the expression of that, and that's how things can change so rapidly. Sometimes we focus so much on the physical, we don't account for the energetic. When it's like, well, everything happens in the energetic first. And then it manifests in the physical. And that whole flip for me was the game changer. Yeah, expand on that a little bit, because that's that's fascinating. And I've, I've experienced that myself as when your internal is in, in enlightenment with what you want in life, everything seems very easy. But then if it's not, then you're pushing, you're pushing the grain, you're trying to trying to really yeah. make things happen. So expand on that a little. What does that mean? Yeah. And how does one sort of get into that that space of being in alignment? Sure. Well, it was like we had talked about uh, before we hit the record button on yeah. this right? Where uh, if you want to get somewhere, especially the people that are probably listening to this podcast, they want that edge, they want the growth, right? Yeah. They're, you're, you're typically going to be some kind of entrepreneur driven person or focus in, in what you're doing. And the bottom line is if you're that kind of person, whatever your goal is, wherever you want to get to, you're probably going to get there without any help or intervention, right? You're going to get to where you want to go. So the bottom line is talking about energy again, it's like how much energy is that going to take and how much growth is actually going to happen, right? Do you want it to be effortful and make incremental changes or you want it to be effortless and make, you know, huge exponential changes. So when you're able to understand that there's a dance, there's an interaction with the field, with what's going on in the collective and your own personal experience and when you start to understand that there's a lot of energy and power in that, and if you can harness just a little bit of that, that the, the potential for change is, is tremendous. I mean, you look at even back like Tesla days, right? When he was harnessing free energy, right? And he just had to set up, if you ever saw like his thing with the big ball on the top, right? Where it was like this transducer of the field is essentially what it was. Like the energy is already out there. You just need some kind of mechanism to harness it, right? So we've been living in a, in a, in a, in a culture, in a model where it's like, we have to bind the energy, right? We have to get the resources, we have to get the oil or whatever it is, and then burn that or use that to then create energy out there versus the energy is already out there. But if you have a system that can transduce it down it, and then it, it's, it's infinite, you can use as much as possible. So if you think of your body and your nervous system as a field, as a, as a transducer, as a, as a, as a, as a antenna for that, all of that's already existing all the time. It's just, if you're in alignment, you could actually tune into it, mm -hmm. right? It's like tuning a radio station, the old school radio station where had dials on it and you had to go up <laughs> and down. Right. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, okay, you can be on one station, but yet maybe everything you want in life is on the station over, but you'll never hear it. And it could just be a click over. Mm. So when you live alignment, when you live in a way that you're clear, you're coherent, and ultimately is that word is, is coherency. We need to have coherency. Like if you're living your life in alignment, right? Your thoughts, your body, your emotions, all of it is both equally important and integrative. So we need to be 
aware of all of those different things that are happening all the time. Mm-hmm. And just because you can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Uh, so the simplest analogy I tell people is like, think about the light spectrum, right? What is visible light in the light spectrum? It's like this, right? Mm-hmm. What we can actually see with our eyes in the light spectrum is like the thinnest band. And then you have gamma rays, x-rays, all of the different frequencies of light that exist outside of our visible light spectrum. So just because you can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist, mm-hmm. right? So that's the simplest way I explain it. It's like, you just have to get that there is a lot happening around us and a lot of interactions that are happening. Like, you know, again, I pick up my cell phone and I that has to beam to space back down to have an instantaneous communication. Uh, I don't see any wires here. I don't see- <laughs> I don't see the things coming out of it, but it exists, yeah. right? We use these devices and, you know, you flip on a light switch and all of a sudden there's light. So these frequencies are there all the time. So there's a certain amount of respect and understanding when we have for that. And then we get to dance with it because mm. there's mm-hmm. an appreciation, there's a respect, there's a harmony that we're living with, like living in harmony with nature, right? We are nature. I mean, that's, you know, I think we like to manipulate that, but, but when it comes down to it, like we are, we are energetic beings, we are in nature, like that is who we are. So we understand those just basic foundations of life, then we can actually interact with them and we can make upgrades, we can innovate, right? We use technology to innovate our life in every possible way now. Well, the computer that runs you is you can't even calculate how many, how much, many times more effective and powerful it is than the greatest computer ever made up until this point. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's the place to start. Yeah. It's, it's such a great place to start. And, you know, when you start to think about the, the energetics piece of it, and as you were explaining it, I, I see it as that that's really the difference between the energy poor state that you were speaking to and the energy rich, right? You're becoming yeah. Uh, more energies available that's already out there right you're tapping into more of a more of the field right is that how you would explain the because i think I, I when i first heard about those different states i found that really interesting too like the energy poor and then kind of going up to energy rich right and how you can tap in there, there is a state out there that everything becomes much more easier and and, and becomes more available to you yeah. i mean think about any time in your life where you're like you're in the zone right? You're in the flow. And it's like, you just think of someone and they call you or like, you have a a problem and the solution just shows up magically or, you know, you're just you're flowing with life, like, well, what's the difference between that? And then when it's seemingly everything's breaking down, or not going your way? Like, what is it? What's the what's the key piece that makes the difference there? I believe that it's your energy state. Because if you're energy poor and you feel like everything's breaking down in your life and everything sucks, well, it doesn't matter what shows up, you're going to think it sucks. You could have two people experience the same circumstance of life and have a totally different experience of that circumstance. Mm-hmm. One can think it's the greatest gift that ever happened. The other person can think it's the worst thing that ever happened. Same information. How is it received? And how it's received is based on how much energy is available. So our job in growth and having that edge is to manage our state. You know, that's simple Tony Robbins stuff, right? You got to get in your state, (laughs) make your move, all that stuff. But it's true. It's It's true. true. It's like you got to get in that state because the state, as he would say, like the state determines what story you're telling. 
Yeah. Your story will determine what strategy you're going to implement. But most people flip that, right? And say, well, I just need to do this differently. So I have a different meaning about it. Yeah. And then hopefully I'll feel better in the end. Yeah. No, it, it doesn't work that way. You got you to gotta learn the direction of how energy flows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that state piece is so important because it's so absolutely true uh, is that depending on what state you're in, that's how your perception of the world changes. Right. And someone in a previous podcast was, was mentioning, if you are in a, a beautiful state in a high state, you know, you see the kids playing in the park, you see all the beautiful things happening. But then if you're in a poor state, that same thing could be happening, but you're seeing the rain come over the mountains. Yep. And I thought that was, that was such a beautiful way of explaining that. Right. It's, it's, it's so, yep. so important. Now I, I, you know, in the rest of the time that we have, uh, Michael, I want to get into what you're doing now and the evolution sure. of, um, yeah network care and you practicing for, for 18 years to now, you know, this, this sort of evolution of doing men's work and, yeah. and, and having, you know, you've started IG night. So tell us, you know, what was the compelling reason for this thing to come up? I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you saw a problem in the world that you wanted to solve. So let's, let's well, open well, I saw up. a problem in me that needed to be solved. <laughs> <laughs> it always starts yeah. there, right? It always yeah, starts with you for first. sure. Uh, you know, everything's an evolution of the thing before it, right? It's like, where do you begin the story? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think a lot changed when I found out I was going to be a dad. That was a huge life changing, life altering moment. And everything in my identity started to get questioned and started to be uh, honestly a bit, a bit scared, a bit fearful of, of, you know, how was I going to be showing up in this next uh, version of, of who I needed to be in my life. And I was fortunate enough to r randomly <laughs> get a call from a friend that said, hey, I'm going to do this uh, weekend. Would you like to come with me? And he didn't say it was a men's weekend or anything like that. He just said, Hey, I'm going to do this weekend. You want to come with me? And I, it was like one of those soul callings. I was like, yeah, let's do it. So I went and even arriving, didn't know really what it was. Uh, and, and on purpose, no one told me anything about it. So I can just have my lived experience about it. And it was, it was, you know, uh, not to sound passe about personal growth, but it was life-changing. It really was. Uh, it hit on parts of me that one, I just wasn't even aware of. It hit on patterns and beliefs and, and uh, things that not only were running in me, uh, but what were running in the collective. So one of the, one of the things that I am really inspired about in doing this type of Ignite work with men is that I'm not alone. I'm, my experience is not just mine. Uh, I have found time and time again that when I hear another man sharing their experience of life, invariably I've had a similar experience. And the growth I get to experience as a result of their transformation, their willingness to you know, expose those wounds, so to speak, uh, has been so life-changing. And I've learned through then my study of it and how I implement it with men is like, there's our personal experience and then there's our collective experience. So there's a collective consciousness that's going on, right? There are certain patterns that are embedded in all of us. We call those archetypes. And these archetypes have been around for millennia in everyone and specifically the ones I focus on are the ones that are embedded in men. And then in the 20th century, uh, you know, the famous psychologist, psychiatrist, Carl Jung, he described these as, as the lover, the warrior, the magician, and the king. And so I just got fascinated with the fact of these archetypes because the reality is, is that whether we're aware of them or not, they are existing in us all the time. And they're either existing in us in a 
positive, neutral, or negative way. And like most things, if we're not aware of them, they're probably showing up in a negative way. So once we become aware of them, once we understand how they then manifest in our life and the beliefs underneath that are running them and really deeper than that, some trauma wound or event that happened that created that belief, then we can sort of be more in the driver's seat of life. We can actually uh, dance with that field, so to speak, because it is a collective energy. And when we get down to the science of it, 90 conservatively, they say 90% of our living experience every day is run by our subconscious mind. And our subconscious mind is largely formed by the time we're seven years old. So whatever it is, <laughs> zero to seven, whatever your experience was, has largely shaped 90% of how you live in the world today. Mm. So if we can make some of that unconscious conscious, and actively engage with it and choose life differently, our experience of life can be that much greater. So many of us are just, as men, I'll speak to men, are just unaware. We're just unaware of what we're playing out, right? And so becoming a dad, I became acutely aware of my thoughts, feelings, actions, and how I showed up in life are directly affecting and uh, shaping this child. You know, my son is five and a half now, so I'm still in that window and I'm not perfect. Believe me, I mess up all the time. <laughs> However, to be engaged and with him and with life in a way where I know that I am shaping his subconscious mind that will then play out later on in life is uh, the biggest responsibility I've ever taken on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and that's so beautiful. And, and the the point of you know, the zero to seven, isn't it the, the theta state that the kids are in that they're just absolutely picking everything up that's, oh, that's yeah. happening, right? Yeah. Not just, uh, and we've talked about energetics and the unseen a lot. They're picking all of that up. You know, they're picking, picking up everything that's happening, uh, you know, around them. <laughs> totally. I had one dad, uh, sort of elder, right? An old dad who had grown children, three grown children. He said to me one time, he's like, they're going to, listen to about 10% of what you say, and they're going to do 90% of what you do. And you are, we are modeling all of the time. And so much of it is our energy state, right? Like, it's like, you know, you know, it's like our bullshit meters go off once you see someone say something, but everything in their body says something different. And they're talking and you're like, I don't believe anything of what you're saying, because everything in your body, everything in your energy tells me something different. Yeah. Now, I grew up in New York, man, our bullshit meter was <laughs> from a very early time, right? Like, that was I think one of the benefits of growing up in that environment. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it, and it's, and it's not even, again, it's not even a conscious understanding. Like my five and a half year old doesn't consciously know that I'm maybe, uh, you know, telling him something that isn't true. He's just in that theta state. He's so like open that his physiology is, is directly affected by that. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's anchoring that point of, the internal has to shift first and then external just shows up. And if there's disharmony in those people pick that up, you know, we might not know we're picking it up, but just our filters are that way that you just know something is off when somebody's in disharmony with their internal really? external state. Just, it just, it just, that's how we're wired. Right. So, <laughs> so for, 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 for you, Michael, with the IG night and what you're doing with the work, um, first of all, I mean, a lot of people haven't worked, uh, a lot of people don't know about men's work and what that entails. So thank you for kind of opening that up and, and explaining yeah. where it comes from, right? It's really um, undoing the, 
the unconscious patterns that you've you've had for the for your whole life essentially so in your work specifically like what what kind of things are you doing to get in and change those patterns and perhaps you can give us an example of a pattern right so somebody listening in that hasn't engaged with this kind of work like what would a a pattern that you picked up in childhood that's being acted out uh we might not have time to go through all the archetypes but maybe maybe we can we can do one example sure yeah i mean when it comes down to i mean just to get to like the core of it yeah what i found like you know you could have all the expressions of a shadow or expressions of a of, of a trauma that have happened but what i found more often than not when you get down to the core 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 of it there are two things that show up one i'm not enough and two i won't be loved mm. i mean it, you know as as however that may land for someone hearing that i have found time and time again that when you get to the underneath, like the core of the onion, that's what exists there. I'm not enough and I won't be loved. And that will manifest and express itself in lots of different ways. It can express itself in addictive behaviors. It can express itself in being a bully. It expresses itself as being a manipulator. It can express itself as being a tyrant. I mean, and there's lots of other ways it can express itself because there is something off within us, a need we're trying to fill again, unconsciously. Hmm. And this is how it will manifest. And what I learned for myself and what I teach the men in Ignite is we're all seeking to have this experience of life, this fulfilling experience of life. Well, let's do everything we can to make sure that's what we're not only experiencing for ourselves, but what our legacy is to our children. Mm -hmm. You know, I realized when I became a dad that my life is no longer about me. It is about this living legacy It is about this evolutionary baton that I am passing along to my son. And right now I am in the part where I'm holding the baton and he's grabbing onto it. And at some point, hopefully far in the future, I'm going to let go because I'm going to die and he's going to be holding it. And then he's going to be reaching back and giving it to his kid. And I'm trying to move that baton race forward as much as I can while I'm still alive so that he's standing on my shoulders. And the more I do the work, the more I address these things that are going on, the better or further along he will be when he's stepping fully into that as him, himself as a man. And any man out there that thinks like they don't have this stuff going on, I would challenge you and say, that's bullshit. We all do. No one gets out of this life alive and no one gets out of it unscathed. We all have these things going on now to varying degrees. Now, and, and men, a man may be on this call or even a woman on this listening to this saying, well, I didn't, I wasn't molested or I wasn't beaten or I wasn't traumatized. And that may be very true. And I wasn't either. And we often think of those things as like the most heinous traumas. And what I found is it doesn't need to be so traumatic overtly anyway. And yes, people have experienced those, those terrible things. It could just been something that was said to you again, right place, right time, right amount of energy. It could be like one line that your father or your mother said to you, which in that moment created a belief. Again, being in that theta state, being in that very open state, zero to seven, you might have interpreted it to mean something that it wasn't, but that set up that belief system that then is playing out in your life. So what I, what I teach sort of in my system, if you want to call it that, is like three steps. Like we need to be aware. We have to have awareness, just like a network, we need to have the bodily awareness. And then two, we need to acknowledge. And this is the part I find that people skip over all the time. We need to acknowledge the pain the pain that it has caused us and the pain that 
our actions have caused others. Because ultimately, these beliefs play out in our life as some kind of actionable, some kind of behavior that is not healthy. And in our culture, we vilify these behaviors, whether it be sex addiction, drug addiction, porn addiction, uh, being a tyrant in your life, being that crabby boss. I mean, there's lots of ways this can show up, right? So we often vilify the behavior and try to change the behavior. But if we realize underneath that behavior, there's a belief. And then that's the next level because everywhere you go, like Tony Robbins, we mentioned, like change the belief, install the new belief. Like that's cool, right? But really where I focus is you have to get underneath the belief. You have to get to the core of the onion because there was a moment in life where that belief got created. And if you don't touch that belief, touch that darkness, touch that shadow at that level, you're not going to see the changes in the through line all the way to the other end of life. Mm. So you got to touch that place. And most people want to skip over that part because it's painful and it's dark and it hurts and it's scary and it can frighten you. But if you have someone that knows what they're doing and can take you to that place safely, it's a game changer. Mm. And that I feel like is different than anything I've experienced in all the different, and I've done the Tony Robbins work. I've done all the network stuff. I've done all these things. Uh, and I would say, this is, this is the core piece that makes this particular work. I, I feel like different and more yeah. profound. Yeah. I, I love the way you explain it and it, and it makes, again, makes a lot of sense, right? Common sense, but not common practice. I'll write that down. <laughs> it's it's the, the, the core, getting to the core of, of where all these things are manifesting themselves. It's, it's transformative and it's, it's, it's a, it's a journey, right? It's a journey you, ha you have to, that you have to go on. And it takes, you know, again, it takes time to unlearn those things, but yeah, um, you know, the, the way you explained it is in, in that format of having the awareness, acknowledging, and what was the third step? Oh, it's action. You got to have the tools, right? Yeah, yeah. People want to skip to that. Like, how do I just get to the, to do the thing, right? Yeah. But it's, it's awareness, it's, it's an acknowledgement, and then it's action. Action. It's tools, okay. right? Yeah. It's sustainable things you're doing every day to reinforce the new belief. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, that, that makes so much sense, right? Having those going through those steps rather than, cause yeah, you're right. It's the, you know, you run to the act. How do I solve it? Being men yep. <laughs> we want the answer right away. I want to solve oh, it totally. yeah. right away. Me too. So, Me too. <laughs> so, so it's that a makes... six there is an order and you got to follow the order. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you, Michael, so much, so yeah. much for this, uh, for this episode, your wisdom. Um, you know, I, I've, I've engaged with Michael in, as I mentioned, in, in network care, and he's a, he's a dear friend and uh, sort of an ally as I think about my own Thank journey. And too. we've, yep. we've kind of come, you know, we, we've, we, we come together, we go apart, we come together and go yep. apart. And then I just, I really do see him as someone that's that supported me in my own um, spiritual journey, my, my just life. And just to sort of, you know, as he explained it, someone that's given me the uh, availability to kind of see life in a grander, grander way uh, to, to tap into things that I haven't tapped into. So, so thank you, Michael. And thank you for, for sharing the wisdom with everyone. I took a lot away, right. It's, it's it re-inspired me on, on some of the, some of the pieces I've known, but you've kind of brought them back into my awareness. So, so thank you for that. Um, and if, if, 
somebody wants to you know work with you, I know your, the capacity that you're working in now is, is specifically the men's work, right? So if somebody yeah. wants to engage with you in that way, what's the best way they can find you or engage with you? Sure. Uh, all the classic ways, ignitetheking.com. Uh, that's ignite, I-G-K, N-I-G-H-T. So we all have to be the knight to become the king. Uh, so ignitetheking.com, also Facebook slash ignite the king uh we have a beautiful uh facebook community there uh there's also information we have an upcoming immersion in person in austin texas uh in january so that's really the gateway into this work is to come on a weekend and to experience this for yourself and then uh we have a, a year-long brotherhood that has ongoing sort of behind the scenes with all of that so yeah ignite the king.com and facebook ignite the king and and uh find more information there Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I love it. And thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And if anybody, like I said before, if, if some of this piques your interest, because always there's going to be your logical mind, you know, saying, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Uh, you know, like all the things, uh, probably get, tricky uh, first. Yeah. Or <laughs> uh, but, but at the minimum, if it, if it interests you, you know, go, go do a Google search right on some of this stuff. And that's my intention of everyone listening in is to, yeah. you know, if it, if it piques your interest, either if that's network care, uh, if, if that's, you know, energetics, we, we talked about that energy, poor state versus energy rich stage. Um, we talked about the men's work and what Michael is doing. So if anybody, any of it piques your interest, check it out. Thank you again, Michael, so much for, for spending some time with me on this Saturday morning. Yeah, and yeah we made it happen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a long time coming. We had to, uh, you know, Michael was going through a lot of moves from SF to Austin. So I'm, I'm glad you're, uh, you're settled in Austin and having, enjoying being in Austin. Um, yeah. And thank you again. Really appreciate yeah. it. My hero's journey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. Thank you for sharing that too. You know, thank you for sharing. And I, I guess there's more parts to it, so maybe we'll do a follow up episode at some point. Yeah, I feel like we're just start. <laughs> we had to do a lot of back work, but I think we're just starting to scratch the surface of of what what there is now. So would yeah. love to to do that at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again, Michael. Thanks, Tish.